three, two, one. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On tonight's show, I have a very special guest. His name is Charles Moskowitz, and he's published a book, May 3rd, 2021. The title of the book is The Satanic Conspiracy, A Specter Haunting Mankind. And it's also part of a series of books. An earlier book he wrote was God is God, God is the Creator and Lawgiver. That was published in 2020. But we're going to probably talk about some darker subjects. So for people who may have some you know, sensitive kids nearby or something may not want to listen to this, but uh, yeah, very interesting book. Highly recommend it. So Charles Moskowitz, are you there? I am. Thanks for uh, having me on, William. Awesome. Great to talk with you. Congratulations on the book. For people who may not have heard your name, can you talk about uh, yourself and what led you to write The Satanic Conspiracy? Well, I was, I've been doing talk radio off and on for the past decade or so in the greater Boston area. Uh, began writing probably, uh, around 1999, around, uh, just as a way to clarify my thinking on issues I cared about. And that led me to write probably about 20 books. And right now I'm working on a, a series of short books like this one that uh, I'm cranking them out, maybe an average of one every other month, um, that uh, deal primarily with politics. And my my, uh, my newest book will be The Blue Anon Conspiracy Theory, which is about uh, an answer to uh, the left's uh, all their nutty conspiracy theories about Trump. But in this particular case, I wrote a book about God, and that led me to write a book about Satan. Uh, those are not areas I normally get into, but the the process really opened my eyes, both personally, spiritually, but also in terms of the the evil aspect, the evil nature of many of our institutions and our societies, particularly secret societies, which is naturally where the satanic influence predominates because Satan only operates in secret. Satan cannot operate in the broad daylight. It has to operate through deception. And as such, they cloak themselves in those secret societies. And in many cases, those societies become very powerful. Uh, they are populated by the top members of, of an elite in any society, in, in economy, politics, even in religion and culture. And, uh, you know, you have people who are influenced by the same force that influenced Adam and Eve, if we want to go back. And that is this idea that they can be as God. They can overthrow God in heaven and they can invent the universe. They can invent reality, actually. They can make up and invent their own moral standards to suit their whim. Um, and it's this conspiracy in the broad sense that has existed in every generation. But now I'm sounding an alarm because this general conspiracy, this philosophical conspiracy that is always going to be with us and that's always even going to be a part of us has reached a critical mass in terms of the, the intersection and the coordination of these secret societies, which are satanic, with each other, both internationally and even locally, in terms of controlling the world and controlling who we, what we see and what we know and controlling existence. It's a conspiracy against God. And as, and it has reached a critical mass now because of modern technologies. You know, back in the day, they could launch world wars and famines and holocausts and depressions and, and everything else. And that those obviously are extremely devastating, but now, they have control of the scientific means of controlling the world through such means as artificial intelligence, transhumanism, and, um, and some of these other technologies 
uh, that that are coming to light, and that very well may even include forced pandemics or, right. or manufactured pandemics, I should say. Right, very timely. Right, so I mean, it's really an incredible moment. I think this book you address with a very uh, astute historical perspective leading up to the present day. But can you go back and talk about kind of the initial question of what Satan is, the evil inclination, and how this manifestation of this adversarial spirit exists in a world that was created by love and God? Well, I approach the the concept of Satan from a Jewish perspective. That's my background. And uh, it varies slightly from the Christian perspective although the two interact and, and they come from the same source, which is the, the Bible, the Torah, and it does not in any way invalidate the, the Christian idea, which is very true, and that is that Satan is manifested as the, a, a person uh, that, that is possessed by Satan and, and that's involved in deception, and that's obviously, that's often quite beautiful. It's a person that we admire, that, that is held up to a high pedestal and that it's around and that as such the satanic person and the satanic organization engages in symbolism and symbology they like to put their footprint on things they want to do things to to uh, declare themselves in broad daylight without necessarily naming it because evil has a tendency to look for validation and truth ultimately because it's false and because it craves truth so they put in all these symbols that are everywhere. It's a fascinating subject. It's a bit beyond the scope of my book, um, but it, it's something that is is worth diving into. Jay Dyer does a good job with this, with his research. Yeah. And there the symbols people. are almost like magical sigils too, like there's yes. referencing stuff. But you talked about the Jewish conception is the Yetzer Hara. Can you explain that to the audience? Right. The Yetzer Hara is more the evil inclination. It runs on the concept that when you're born – you have the evil inclination on the left side and the good inclination on the right side, and that we spend our entire life struggling with this. All of us do. It's inside of us. It's everywhere. And that the development of character, the development of knowing God, is the development of combating that evil influence and triumphing against it and combining with others who are also involved in this same battle. Now, the evil influence is we know what that is it's sin but it becomes really you know weaponized satanic if you will when it engages in conscious activities that try to say that indeed the evil inclination and evil is good it it, it it's an inverse of of good everything that's evil becomes good and that everything that's good becomes evil and perhaps a manifestation of this actually is the satanic mass which takes the Roman Catholic mass and it inverts it. Everything, the, the cross is turned upside down. Everything, all of the elements and the rituals, they do the exact opposite because that's what Satan tries to do. They try to say that that which is evil is good so they can justify their own evil even in their own minds. Gotcha. And so what is the importance of Sinai to not only Judaism, but all of, all of humanity. Well, Sinai represents, and there are other religions, actually, who have similar scenarios, but for the Western society, Sinai represents revelation. It represents the moment when the creator of the universe, who separated himself from the creation, and, and the creation became a separate entity, 
when, when the creator revealed the law at that moment to the entire congregation, the children of Israel, and that that law was basically a blueprint for how individuals and families and nations can and ought to interact with each other. What is moral? What is right? What is good? And uh, they gave the children of Israel a couple of extra little special things they had to do, like you know the kosher laws and and taking possession of that tiny little swath of land between the Jordan River and the Mediterranean Sea to create a holy nation that would be a light unto the nations. But it was a, a law for all of mankind because it's true. It's a blueprint for how to live. And right. we, we, we measure ourselves against it when we study it. And it was completely embraced by Jesus and by the ministry of Jesus and Christianity. Yeah, no doubt. So, so we share that. Right. And so, yeah, yeah, I think you quote, you shall be holy because I am holy. So these are the kind of difference, different view towards uh, God, towards Judaism at that time. One of the interesting aspects of your book is you juxtapose this kind of Sinai with this person, Zabbatai Zevi, and how he influenced all the way up to the current ideas of communism and uh, stuff like that. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, well, first of all, I mean, the entire Torah is a story of the struggle between the uh, children of Israel and the Sahara, the sin influence, which is represented by idol worship. And the idol worship of today is these, this oligarchy, this international oligarchy. I mean, it's no longer literal graven images. It's a false image that is promoted as true and that is then used to force everyone to conform to it. The uh, the Shabtai's V was a false messiah in this in the 15th century that corrupted a large portion of the Jewish faith and Jewish people, and it's a terrible story. It's a very sad story, but they did take the high ground in Judaism, and they still hold the high ground in Judaism to this day. That doesn't mean they've corrupted all of Judaism. They have not, thank God. But they the influence of that false messiah was. Very profound. He um, he did. He was satanic. I mean, he reversed all of that as good, and and went with everything that's evil, under the idea that to overthrow the Torah and all of the laws of the Torah, and 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 corrupt man to such an irredeemable point, that this would usher in the Messiah, a completely evil idea, completely antithetical to Jewish understanding, and um, once he was exposed by the uh, sultan in Constantinople in 1666 as a fraud. Um, he then went underground and formed a secret society called the Sabadians, and that that continued to leach into Judaism. There was a war against it by the rabbis in the 18th century. That is some, a story that really should be told, um, and uh, kind of an underground war. And they were, had successes, but that influence has continued. And eventually, Christianity would also be compromised in the 18th century by a similar movement known as the Illuminati. Right. Can you talk a little bit about that, please? Well, the Illuminati was established on uh, May 1st, 1776 at, uh, in, in Munich uh, the, uh, by, at Ingolstadt University by Adam Weishaupt, who was a, uh, a Jesuit um, canon law professor there. And he and this is standard history, by the way, in Europe. I mean, I know that here in the United States, people think I'm putting on some kind of a tin hat, you know, conspiracy. But this, I mean, this has been written about by Winston Churchill. I mean, this is in all the 
history books in Europe. Right. The, the, the secret society that he created, which was called the Illuminati, basically sought to overthrow all of the clerics and the kings and the aristocracy and the, the, the institutions of Europe and replace them with a world order that would be controlled by this elite that claimed to have superior knowledge uh, of the universe. And, uh, and they were exposed, but before they were exposed, Weisopt and his fellows were able to infiltrate Masonic lodges in Europe, which generally were good at that time, and uh, work their way into the inner sanctum of those lodges and use them for their nefarious purposes. Uh, in my book, I publish a letter uh, from George Washington acknowledging this. Uh, a parishioner sent him a note and a copy of uh, John Robeson's book, Proofs of a Conspiracy, where Robeson wrote about this, Scottish Professor Robeson. And Washington said, yeah, this is a diabolical movement. I absolutely know it exists. I don't believe it's infiltrated my lodge in Alexandria, Virginia. And I believe Washington, but he definitely recognized that it existed. And I would contend that it has continued to metastasize along with the Sabadian movement, and that this makes up the elite of the world today. Right. So they're just corrupt, inverting things, eyes wide shut type of level of yeah. uh, occultism. You mentioned a lot of occultism in this book. And uh, you actually mentioned Kennedy's famous speech as well as, as this kind of conspiracy notion, thus the title of your book, uh, The Satanic Conspiracy. Um, Talk a little bit about Kennedy's speech for people who may not know. He, he definitely talked about this monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. Kennedy delivered the speech to an organization of, of, of newspaper editors in 1961. Um, this is not, I'm not making this up. You can get this on the Kennedy Center website. This is something that's been published. And he openly and unabashedly exposes what I'm talking about. The, the covet means by which conspirators are are taking oaths in secret and are, are subverting uh, the United States and Western society. And he points out that it's anti-American, and it is. And uh, he makes reference also in um, his book, Profiles and Courage, to John Quincy Adams, who openly fought the, the, the same conspiracy in the early 19th century. So... You know, this is a Ken. I mean, some people link that to the Kennedy assassination. I think that's actually quite a reasonable speculation. Uh, but but it's something that I really would urge uh, your viewers to read for themselves. It's an incredible speech, and uh, yeah, you know, it on the library. It's, it's quoted. I mean, referenced off uh, more often than I would think in the kind of alternative media. People kind of know of that speech, but I would say that you're position is is reasonable as well because he might have been killed by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy yeah that's right so um what else would you like to cover charles what, what uh let's see we've talked about i mean the starting point of let's see what what washington let's see what else is there i mean you kind of end not your book you cover things you're not super optimistic about the present and future. Would you agree with that? Well, I mean, look, I mean, I am naturally an optimist. I'm ultimately an optimist, but I fear that we're going to have to go through some really ugly periods before we get to an improvement, given the, the incredible power of this uh, satanic conspiracy. Um, the, uh, 
much has been said about the QAnon, which I don't know a lot about because we don't know who's behind that. And I don't trust anything where you don't have a name that you can attach. However, the general thesis that um, there's an international pedophile ring and that they may be engaged in satanic practices is something that I think rings true. And we ought to look into that. Yeah, um, well, Epstein, know. I mean, you could yeah. probably call that in what, you know, they just busted. There was an incredible story in Mexico of a high level pedophile ring that they were abusing kids from this variety of schools. And it was like involved 40 or 50 people. So these things do happen. No question. Oh, absolutely. And, and now with the open borders, you have thousands, literally thousands of children crossing the border and nobody knows where they are. This is a human, it's a human rights disaster, unlike anything this country has seen in many, many decades. Yeah, it's a disgrace. It's an embarrassment, really, to, to have those little kids running around. Nobody knows where they are. Um, you also kind of talk about transhumanism. You mentioned Frankenstein as a modern Prometheus, which is an interesting term as well. Can you mm -hmm. talk about your thoughts about transhumanism? Well, the ultimate dream of the satanic establishment and of communism actually is to literally create human beings to, uh, you know, to replace God. What could be more like that besides having power over life and death and besides having the, uh, the Darwinian theory as the cornerstone, which is that man is evolving into superior species or races, as Darwin said, you know, you have with transhumanism, literally the the evolution of a new kind of man, um, you know, th that would have super consciousness, uh, super strength, would live to 200, and would be super healthy. Now, some of those things sound fine, but when you put it in the context of this establishment, they intend to advance their own elite, and they tend to get rid of uh, lesser evolved people. What and, they uh, believe is lesser involved, right? Yeah, so it's really they're playing God with... Humanity, you could kind of like it that to Hitler and the Nazis as well. It's oh, kind absolutely. of engines of evolution. Absolutely, and it completely contradicts the the, the the what we what we know from Sinai, which is that all men, the idea that all men and women are created equal, comes from Book of Genesis, which says that God created men and women, and the book does say women also, in the image of God, which means that every single human life is sacred. And that uh, the Talmud goes on to point out that every human life is like its own universe and that we are equal in the real sense. We're born equal. We die equal. On our, our, our earthly experience in the secular world means that we develop different talents and different skills and get different rewards and have different forms of luck. But ultimately, we're equal. And the ultimate, regime, the ultimate dream of this satanic establishment based upon the theosophic and occultic premise that there is a more evolved elite, a select, um, what I think uh, Blavatsky called the elect, that these people have some kind of a right to control the rest of us and that they are superior literally. Yeah, it's remarkable. It's like the, uh, what is it, the Eloi and the Morlocks or whatever, where mm -hmm. there's like two different groups by that Wells book. But uh, yeah, can you talk a little bit about what the importance of Huxley and the Huxley family and the, that kind of outlook, uh, this kind of evolutionary superiority? Well, I use Julian Huxley as a, as a single example of 
what could be described as these elite, these elitists and their philosophy. Julian Huxley's grandfather, T.E. Huxley, was the main promoter of Darwin. He's the one who wrote a review for the, uh, the you know, his book, uh, the species book. The Origin the, of Species or, and the, the Struggle for Survival for the Most Fittest. I mean, it's like a race yeah. book, right? Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, it's a complete okay. race theory. It's scientized racism right. in 1859. And then he went on to, to have these debates with ministers where he mocked and, and knocked down religion as, as a, a superstition and a lot of the attitudes that we hear from them today. Well, anyways, um, Julian Huxley's brother was Aldous Huxley, who was the author of The Brave New World. And Aldous Huxley actually tried to blow the whistle on this conspiracy, just like Mary Shelley did in her book, Frankenstein where he said that the, the goal was to create a one-world con medically-induced concentration camp where everybody would be on some kind of a controlled substance, everybody would be docile, and uh, everyone would be willing to uh, be controlled. And I mean, I think that to an extent, that's becoming true. Yeah, if but not totally true, yeah. Julian Huxley was a, was a eugenicist. He, uh, after World War II, and eugenics had a bad stench to it because of the Holocaust. And by the way, eugenics was a left-wing progressive movement. I mean, the main opponents to eugenics are the same people who oppose abortion today, Christians and conservatives. But he, in 1948, became the head of the UNESCO, which was the world's first so-called um, school board. And he developed a, a, a thesis uh, called uh, evolutionary humanism, where the uh, the ideas of eugenics and and of the satanic principles would replace all of the religions of the world except they would leave in place the uh, the rituals the stained glass the, the the ceremony but the actual philosophy the belief the theology would be replaced by secular um evolutionary humanism which did not have a moral core it did not have a sense of sin and, and goodness. It did not have a sense of right and wrong. It did not have a decalogue. It would be entirely something that would be man-made. And another, another, um, another look at this would be the so-called Humanist Manifesto, which he signed and which was published in, I think, the 1930s. Right. And so the UNESCO, for people that don't know, is a part of the United Nations. So here's this person at a very high level at the United Nation making very broad, long-term decisions for the world, which uh, was it, the United Nations Educational, Social, and Cultural Organization. So yes. yeah, Huxley is pretty remarkable. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, you kind of even can go back and talk about Blavatsky's kind of view, influence upon this, this view that leads really to Hitler. I mean, can you talk about that, this kind of theory of evolution and how it uh, pervades the Western thought? Well, the whole principle of evolution was that man is not created equal, that the different groups of people are superior to other groups. I've debated evolutionary authors on this. They, 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 they hang up the phone and they scream at me. But at the end of the day, they admit that I'm right. That is exactly what it is. That is what it is to evolve, to create a new species, to have superior members. And that the, the theosophy of Blavatsky, and she established the Theosophical Society in New York in the 1880s, I think, um, which would become the, the religion of much of the elites. And it is the official religion 
of the United Nations today. It has a meditation room at the headquarters. Right. And, and it's the idea was that it combined evolution and with the occult, that the occult would be the the worship of um, you know satanic elements and and you know the development of cosmic consciousness, which would make people like God and superior, and that we could, in a sense, craft and transform reality itself, as opposed to recognizing that reality is true. There is an ex there is an objective reality, and out of that recognition, we can derive in the abstract the moral and ethical standards that represent what is good. None of that exists in this elite and in this scientized so-called uh, philosophy of Blavatsky. And that, uh, you know, one of her, uh, her, her the, per, what, the person who came after her, I think it was uh, Alice Bailey, established right. the Lucis Society, which was originally the Lucifer Society. And it, they're still there. You can look at their website. It's very powerful that they finance leftist and Luciferian activities all over the world, and it is one of the major uh, cultural uh, totems of the United Nations today. Right. Like, they're very involved in the United Nations, and yeah. Blavatsky's uh, letter, her magazine was called Lucifer. You literally can see that. So you see this Luciferian, Promethean view, even coming back through uh, Shelley and Frankenstein, this uh, torch, you know, they held the torch of light. So exactly. you see that that symbolism is still, you know, it's still around and it's going all the way. I mean, it's pretty interesting because we're really wrestling with some of the issues you deal with in your book, Marx, today with this communist Antifa movement. And you can see these ideas in that social uh, that social movement. Can you talk a little bit about kind of the background of what, what may lead up to this kind of modern Antifa view, which is really the overthrow of the social order. It's been around since the beginning of time. It took on a, a great deal of acceleration under, uh, with Marx's influence, and it is taking the high ground in America today, uh, in the media, in academia, in even in our business, and even in our religions. And um, the best way to counter it is to simply know the truth, to, to uh, pray and to get together with other like-minded people and, and try to see, learn to see the telltale signs of this false God, of this evil influence. Right. And we I mean, find ways to counter it each in our own way. I mean, in your case, William, you do your books and your, your, your broadcasts. That's what I do as well. But everyone can have their means to, to counter this satanic influence. Otherwise, we're not going to have a free world. It's true. I don't. I think that really the left and definitely the far right, they do not believe in the freedom. They do not believe in that. They and right. if they had the chance, they would do it. And the infiltration is pretty incredible because there's a significant part of at least the Christian church now that you could call woke are definitely influenced by communistic Marxist ideals that are not that shouldn't be fused and, and syncretized into Christianity at all. It's pretty remarkable to watch this. So, and it, it really is a religion. Like you can drive around LA here and you see these people with the rainbow flag and all this stuff, which uh, I find very unnerving. Well, I mean, it's an attempt to change reality, to change what is real, to change what we see. I mean, God created men and women. He created them differently. There's a, there's a goal to, to blur that. Um, you know, to uh, blur the the existence of a nation state with borders, 
you know, that's an abstract concept that came out of Sinai and came actually before Sinai at the Tower of Babel. And uh, the entire Torah gives a means by which we can identify borders between entities and essences. That is what part of existence. And it's something that is worth advancing because it's progressive, because it means that we can be free as opposed to be merged into a one world um, ant colony, basically, which is the ultimate dream of the of the socialist left. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. I think you even use that term in your book. <coughs> I think Marx's ideas was something, and it really kind of, if you look at some of these communist uh, Russia, for example, I mean, it is one big ant colony. If you don't agree, you get sent to the gulag. Well, you know, Marx was correct in one way, and that is that he did identify the fact that there is a ruling elite and there is a ruling class. I wouldn't say it's a class because most people aren't in it. I would say that it's a very tiny group within a class that has alliances through all the classes. So it's not a class question, but it is a ruling question. Right. However, his solution to it was to basically turn all of the powers over to that elite by eliminating all of the institutions and ideas that make us free, belief in God, family, property rights, sovereignty, um, you know, the right to trade goods and services. Um, all of these institutions of freedom in, in the Marxist world have to be abolished in order to create absolute equality. And that would mean the end of the human mind and the human soul. We would become, as I've said, an ant colony of automatons. Yeah, I mean, it really is. It's Brave New World with uh, some or Orwell. I mean, it's it's a pretty grim, grim outlook. I mean, just we're, we're at about 30 minutes, Charles. How would you like to, is there anything I miss? Anything you'd like to add? Anything you'd like to promote before we wrap it up? Well, I just uh, want, want to mention, I mean, obviously, thank you for asking that my book is available at Amazon Books. Just cool. uh, Amazon Books, uh, The Satanic Conspiracy, Charles Moskowitz. Uh, check it out. And then you had that earlier one, God is God as well, which is kind of part of this Thank you. project you're working on to get these these books out. You said you had written 20 other books. Where are those books? Are they available? Or are they they're all, Yeah, they're all available at Amazon Books. Okay, so there's Amazon Books, and they're under your name. Because when I looked up your name on Amazon, I did not see those books doing kind of like my prelim research into this interview. Oh, well, I mean, I, I actually... Uh, I mean, it's kind of a complicated issue, but I had actually changed my name okay. for certain reasons about three years ago. Um, I had to to for to protect my family from certain situations. Okay. So, so, but so, yeah. But you do have the socialist Bibles up there. I see that assassination of America. So there's some Islamo communism. Oh, that sounds like a good one. Yep. I could yep. Talk to you about that battle hymn. Is that? Well, that's different. Anyway. Uh, <clears throat> Great book, really interesting conversation. The title of the book, again, is The Satanic Conspiracy, A Specter Haunting Mankind by Charles Moskowitz. You can get it on Amazon. Charles, thanks so much for the show. Appreciate it. Thank you, William. Great right, pleasure. Thanks a lot. God bless. Right. God bless.